Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, welcome to She Makes Waves. Today we have Devin Sutter on the show. Devin is a Chicago-based hairstylist and so much more. Devin represents the younger stylists coming in that are realizing that you can be more than one thing. And I'm so excited to talk to her today about her journey and how she has incorporated a lot of her passions into her profession and done it in such a graceful way. And it's pretty cool because Devin and I met in a marathon running group in 2015 and our paths have been different but similar and they've kind of weaved and zagged and we met again at hair camp last year and uh, we're both going back as counselors we found out today so welcome to the show Devin Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you about just how you've done such a beautiful job in kind of incorporating, you know, photography and events and hair and just social media into one career. Because I know that for me, for so long, I thought that I could only be one thing. And I feel it's so inspirational. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. Thanks so much. Yeah, I feel like that is definitely a journey. It's not something that I feel like I was taught to do when I chose to do hair. It was very much like, I think I had the same thought as you. It's like, I do hair. My mom did hair. And so I just do it. And that's the one thing that I do. And I think it's been really eye-opening just to like allow myself to do the things that I love, even if it's not just under one category. Right. And so like, take me back to 2015 when I met you in that two-by-two running group where we're running side-by-side, because the odds of running next to you, you were pretty much the only nice person in the group, so <laughs> it wasn't oh, hard to run next to you, only person that said hello to me. Uh, but yeah, we realized we, we were both colorists, and we both worked in Evanston at the time, and so yeah, take me back to like Devin of 2015. Oh man, when I met you at that time, I was an assistant. Um, which is exactly what I came here to do, technically, I guess. I came here to do hair, but I knew that it would involve being an assistant. Um, I wanted to live somewhere other than Ohio. I knew it would always be there, so I always said that I could go back if I wanted. Um, And I wanted to go through an apprentice program, so I wanted to learn, and I was excited to learn. Um, And by the time you met me, I feel like I was towards the end of my apprentice program, like at least a little bit, like kind of in that area. And I probably wasn't quite as excited to learn in my own head. Um, I remember I reflect now with my boss, one of my bosses, and we joke that both of us, when we worked at the salon, when you were like an assistant or when you were like figuring it out, that I would um, take train rides home at like 9 p.m. at night after being on my feet for 10 hours. And I would try and think of all the ways that I could like figure out a new career. I'd be like, maybe I could like be a nurse. I don't know, like people who are hairstylists do that. Or like, I'd be really good at like everything. I do good in school. Like I should just go back to college. Like, and I would think of every other way because at the time I was, you know, I was making minimum wage and the like $1 tip that you would maybe get from shampooing someone. And I was living on my own, financially doing it on my own. And I was like burned out. And you you, like started to not see a light at the end of the tunnel as much because 
you knew at the end of that, you weren't just like going to make a salary or you weren't just going to like, this is what's going to happen. It was just like, you'll be a stylist and you'll build and you'll make a little bit more and then maybe a little bit more. And financially, that was like terrifying for me because money is such a security blanket for me. Honestly, like Devin of 2015 was probably really scared (laughs) all of the time and felt like pretty burnt out, but also excited because I was living in the city of my dreams, like doing exactly what I said I wanted to do. Um, It's like I look back and I only... I actually, like, when I look at it, like, on a screen, I think I see only the good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was, like, training for a marathon, and I was working at my dream salon. And then I, like, think about my heart, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you were so scared all of the time. Um, Yeah, so I think that that's where I was at. Yeah, you didn't seem scared. You just seemed like a nicer person than me. (laughs) Like, I'd be, like, snarky comments about people, and obviously that's some of the work that I've done. I don't do that as much, but still a little bit of who I am. And then I felt like you were just such a sweet, like pure soul, but maybe that speaks to the level of like, maybe there was a naiveness to you that I maybe saw. Yeah. Um, But I also like admired a lot of your qualities that Mm -hmm. were not something that came as naturally to me. Yeah, totally. I think that, yeah, I think that I was naive. I was so new. I, I was 20 years old, so I was like you know, just excited to be in the city while being scared and just like figuring it all out. And you met me amidst marathon training, which was uh, like an outlet for me too. So you saw me in a moment where I was like, oh, this is like outside of like, this isn't, this isn't that, like this is time by the lake. And I think that like that, like sweetness that you saw, I think that running might bring that out in me in a way. Like it's, it's a part of therapy for me. And I think that I, I always say, um, for me, my faith is really important to me. And so I always say that I, in times that are hard, I see God in a sunrise and in a donut. (laughs) And when I run that early in the morning, it's like that water, there's like something that probably makes me a little sweeter (laughs) because it's just like an escape from the harsh, like that, like the concrete that we're in and like the shampooing hair all the time and the like figuring it all out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And so... You worked at that salon, you got on the floor, you started your career beyond being an assistant, and then bring us to what happened after that, because I (laughs) dropped the bomb, would you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I got placed on the floor in, I think it was like May, yeah. Yeah, May. And I was placed in... So our salon had two locations. There was a downtown location in River North, and then there was an Evanston location. And um, truthfully, everyone wanted to be placed downtown. You moved to Chicago, and you wanted to be downtown. Um, And so I got placed in Evanston, um, told that my positive attitude would do really well there. And I um, started building a clientele and actually was going pretty well. I felt like I was like getting there. And I remember on breaks, like where I would have like more than two hours, I would force myself to walk outside of the salon. I was like, okay, if you have more than two hours, go on a walk. And I would say that I was passing out, you know, the little, my cards and the $20 off your first haircut. Mm -hmm. And I would do that a little bit. And then other than that, I would like walk in and out of boutiques and be like, someday I'll buy this. And then like, I would treat myself to like a donut or coffee or a cookie. And then I would walk to the lake. I would make it a longer walk. And I would just do the things that would like refocus me because it was hard. Like building is hard. Like you feel alone and you don't know if it's going to get better and you feel like you're doing all the things. So 
I felt like it was like, I was like, okay, like this day was busier than yesterday. And like, I'm getting there. And like, I am making a little bit more than yeah. I was as an assistant. This feels comfortable. And then, um, they, they decided to close the Evanston location and you had the choice to be moved downtown. So either like you, you could go if you want to go, or you could move downtown. And I was like, well, I mean, I've been on the floor for less than a year and I always wanted to be downtown. So I guess I'll go downtown. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, in January of the next year. And, so I moved downtown, and it was honestly really hard because there were a lot of people. Because you were starting over again. Yeah. And, like, you you brought your people from Evanston, but not everyone's going to come. That's that's a commute. And so then I was restarting, trying to get people from there. And then also, like, I wasn't the only one restarting. I was a salon of restarting. Um, and so I I was slower than I was before. And that, that was just like discouraging. Um, but something really cool that happened during that time was that, um, a lot of my mentor stylists, like the people who I like really looked up to were at the downtown location. So it was like, okay, well, like if anything, like I can learn a lot right now. And I just tried to do that. I would go on walks still downtown. I had like, like a coffee shops on rotation. It was like, I'll go to this one today and that one tomorrow and just tried to like get myself moving. Um, but also I had stylists there that were doing like work that I loved and work that I wanted to replicate. And I was like learning from them. And, um, a, you know, it, it takes a little bit to gain Gain like the trust of a mentor stylist like that. Like I, I remember knowing a certain point and when I was assisting, when I was like, oh, that person likes me now. Like I can tell they like me. They trust me with their things. Um, but then it's a whole other thing for them to like, if they're not there, hand off their like clients to you for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's like a whole other trust. And so once that started happening, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm going to be good. Like I'm now like kind of like in that area for some of these people and they're people whose clients I like, that's exactly what I want to learn from. I can learn from their work by doing their work, you know? Um, and yeah, so I was there honestly, it kind of becomes a little bit of a blur. This is probably an area of my life that I still need to work through a little bit because it's like, it's like one of those, like there were some, so many like challenging parts about it that I think I blocked out a little bit of it. Um, but I forget how long exactly I was there, but so I worked there for about four years total. So it was like a year and a half maybe that I was, or it was about a year because a year later the salon closed down, um, completely in December. And so, I, like, I hadn't felt that I had, like, grown so much. Like, my my clientele seemed to kind of be at a standstill anyways. And um, it so it wasn't like, oh, I'm losing, like, everything. But I was losing my job <laughs> in December, three weeks before Christmas. Um, and it was, like, I remember getting the email and just, like, crying and calling um, – Natalie Ruskis, who is one of my bosses. And she was like someone who I like wanted to honestly like be just like when I was an assistant. I was like, yeah, like I want a clientele like her. Um, but like, and I had grown closer to her because she had been handing clients to me and, but not to the point where I would like call her at midnight when I received an email crying. And that's what I did. I was just wow. like, what am I going to do? And she just like sat with me and I was like, you're going to be fine. Like everything's going to be fine. Cause did she still work there? Uh, no, she had just she left. She had just left. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so she was a little farther down the road. Yep, by a very <laughs> little amount. 
<laughs> um, yeah, yeah. She had just left the week prior. Um, and so she left with two of my other like pretty big mentors, um, Megan and Taylor. So Megan Taylor and Natalie opened a salon called Thrive Hair Collective in West Loop at that time, um, where they all like they co-founded, co-owned. And they, what was cool about this trio was that um, Megan taught me color. She was the person who, like, I wanted, like, her highlights are just, like, unbelievable. You stare at her and you're like, how did you do that? She's, like, a foiling queen. So you're, like, as an assistant who, like, is awful at foiling, you don't know what you're doing. You're like, oh, my gosh. You, like, stare at her and you're like, mm-hmm. how can I be that someday? Um, and then Taylor was one of my cutting educators. And we were departmentalized. So I was a colorist only, but I had just gone through. I was mid-cutting program when the salon closed um, to add cutting to my books. And so Taylor was teaching me cutting. And it was the first time I had kind of gotten to know him. And I'm like, he's, like, unbelievable. And he was such a good teacher. Like, he was... A patient and like just the way that he described things was in such detail. And so I like was learning so much from him. So it's like heartbreaking for this, like to be over all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. And then Natalie was actually one of my cutting educators too, but um, Natalie was also handing me clients and like teaching me like, do, do, this is what I do on her, you know? So I was like learning through that as well. Um, so it was just these three people who I was like, I don't really want to stop learning from you, um, but I can't work for you because you have a studio space with three people. So I, um, they gave me, you know, Natalie gave me some ideas for salons. I interviewed, um, at the Circle Salon in Wicker Park and I ended up working there. Um, it was a great experience. It was a walk from my home. It was like, that is actually what kind of like pushed it a little bit. It was actually, no. At the time, I lived in Lakeview, but I interviewed there. And the same day, one of my friends who was becoming a better friend said that she needed a roommate, and it was a walk away. So it was kind of just like, okay, I'm meant to be great. And I yeah. just said yes and yes, and I did it. Um, and it was like a really sweet season. It was a season of getting to know what living with like really close friends looked like. Um, it was a season of being able to walk to work. It was a season of cutting back on everything to make sure I would be okay. Um, and it was also really challenging. I was like babysitting twice a week. I was doing social media for Thrive. I asked to do that. Um, and they said, yeah, um, I was doing social media for Circle Salon. I was working at Circle Salon. I was only working there three days. I was like doing so much to make it happen. Um, so it was sweet and it was hard and I was learning a lot. Um, my community was like growing outside of work at the time. So I think of it as such a like beautiful season in my life, but like work wise, I felt just like I wasn't growing. I was like, why am I like, why is the majority of my money coming from other things other than doing hair? It was frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, at the time I was also, I was assisting at Thrive on Fridays. We call it mentorship days, but like you I really had hodgepodge quite a yeah. quite a gig together. <laughs> yeah. I had a calendar, like I had a written calendar that year because I was like, I need to look at this like visually and see where I'm supposed to be because I'm going to show up at the wrong place. Um, and I just like felt like I was going to. So every Friday I would go to Thrive and we called the mentorship days. I would learn from my mentors still, but I would assist them and shampoo them or like do highlights with them and blow dry with them. Um, and I just realized that I was like learning a lot there and um, was really inspired there. And uh, my boss at Circle like totally understood that and saw where there was opportunity. My other boss at, at Thrive, Megan, was going on maternity leave. She was like, I kind of need you. This would be great. Um, and so I was going to do that anyways. And so I actually just um, 
I was talking to Natalie one night after an Alex Brown event, I remember. I came back from running a marathon in Akron, my hometown. I brought, like, my boyfriend home for the first time, even though he's from the same hometown, but, like, (laughs) bringing him to my home (laughs) Um, and ran a marathon and went to this event, and it was, like, inspiring, and then I was just kind of like, oh, man, I would work for you guys full time, and she was like, oh, like, now you would do that? I was like, yeah, I mean, I would work less days, flip-flop chairs, like, whatever needs to happen, and she's like, well, I didn't know that you were, like, for real about that. Great, I'll talk to them. And like within a month, they offered me the job. And again, right before the holidays, I switched my job wow. <laughs> because that's what we do. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been so that's where I'm at now. I'm at Thrive. Um, I work there like three and a half days a week. I actually still do the social media for Circle. I have a great relationship with them. I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm the social media coordinator for Thrive as well. Um, so that's where that's at. Yeah. So when you had all those jobs, did you feel like you were in like a waiting period or did you feel like you were like, you wouldn't call it that because you were doing so much? I I don't even know what it felt like. It was just like, it, it felt like I was learning a lot. It, yeah, it almost felt like I was being prepared. Like it was like, like, what do you want to do? And like, um, it was like kind of empowering in a way, right? It's like, oh, like this happened and this this sucks, like that you you aren't working at you, what your dream salon was when you moved here anymore and like things didn't didn't go the way you wanted. But also like look at what you can do. Like it's okay, like you made it work. And I wouldn't recommend to anyone to like work at five different places in that capacity cuz I guess I kind of do a version of that still, but it's on my own terms. Um I wouldn't really suggest it cuz it's exhausting. Um but, but like people came up beside me, like my, my people like were there, like my community, like my roommates, like these like new like girls who were like in my life all the time. And like, um, I had like two of my closest friends from Ohio were like now living in Chicago. And so I had like these like core people and then like my church community who I was with all the time, it was just all these like core groups of people that like, I didn't feel like I was like. I felt like I was like all over the place, but I wasn't alone in it, even though it sometimes felt alone. And that doesn't really make sense, but that's how it felt. No, I think it makes sense because I think about like hard times in my life. You get to really see who's in your corner and people show up that you're like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have thought that you would have shown up. And there's people that mm-hmm. maybe fall away that you thought like, oh my God, we were, you know, I thought we were rock solid, but I think that it's kind of one of the cool silver linings. So your story has a lot of silver linings in it, mm-hmm. but just this idea that like when you're in need of help, like the people that see that and love you show up. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like for me, it's been kind of similar. Like I feel like I have so much more depth to my relationships. And mm-hmm. it sounds like that whole season, the way you said it, it's like, oh, it was just like rich with like just a lot of nutrients for like yeah. where you're headed and what you're doing mm-hmm. and what's come out of it. Because had you not done those things, had you not done the social media or the mentorship days, like you wouldn't have this job. Right, exactly. Like had I not like gone there every Friday and been like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm shampooing again, like, you know, and like, I mean, Fridays were my favorite day and they were something that I was throwing into the hodgepodge, you know, but that's when I knew I was like, okay, there's something special about being here. And I know that. And I knew that from the beginning, they were, it was stepping into like a familiar space. It wasn't getting to know more people. It was getting to learn like one-on-one. Like, I mean, that's the luckiest thing ever. I basically got to learn 
everything that all three of them do all the time. And then I got to do it with them. You know, I got to like highlight next to Megan, which was like my dream, you know, and I got to like apply color with Natalie and help her remove extensions and like blow dry with her. And then I, you know, went and got them coffee, but then they'd get me coffee when I got to do it. So it was great. You know, Mm -hmm. things like that where it's just like, I don't know. And they, they just like appreciated me well. They, they affirmed me and who I was. And, um, I was, I was empowered in this space. So within all of it and like all of the different areas that I was in that year, I think that there were just like little like nuggets of like truth and nuggets of like empowerment. Um, and, and I, I guess I should say too, at the same time, I had like a couple of friends this summer, after that, so like that summer during that year, um, we went through the artist way. Have you ever done that or heard about it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, beauty therapy podcast, Kira, she's been on the show. Uh-huh. She raves about it. It's a book, right? Yes, it's a book. And it's like, it sounds so cheesy, but no, it's seriously life changing. It is. Yeah. So I remember that summer, it, it was seriously one of the best summers ever. And it, again, crazy because I'm going everywhere, but I, I'm a biker. I bike to commute everywhere, even in the winter, but it's kind of sad in the winter, but in the summer, it's like fun and empowering and yeah. freeing. Um, and so I'm like on my bike from place to place. And in the mornings I was doing morning pages, you like journal daily in the artist way. And I was taking myself out on a date once a week, like they're the artist dates. Um, and I was just like dreaming, you know, I was dreaming like, what do I want? Like what, like what about my life right now do I love? And like, what am I afraid to say that I want? Um, and through that, like, I mean, it was also the summer I met my now boyfriend. It was the summer that I was hanging out with my, my Ohio friends, like a ton. And I didn't even know it, but one of them was going to move within the next year. It was a summer that I was hanging out with my friend Rachel a lot. And now she's in Kansas city. And it was just this like sweetness of a summer. I went on, um, a self-made creative retreat with me, my friend Rachel Lowen and my friend Kat Kesman. We just made the retreat. We were like, this is going to be a creative retreat. And we went to Kat's like family's lake house and we just, it was just heart talks all weekend and heart journaling. And it, that was born out of the artist way. And then in October or September, so it was just, you know, a month later, that's when I was like, Hey, I want to work at Thrive. Like that's where I want to be. And so I just see it as this time of like, exhaustion for sure but it was just like rich with like honoring the fact that I knew I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be but knowing within me it was in there somewhere but I didn't really know what it was yet you know um and so yeah through the artist way I just like the things I wrote in there like the dreams and stuff I would love to like read the the whole journal back again but it's so cool because it's like things like I said I want um a really big thing that I talked about a lot in it was wanting to not just do one thing. It was like, I want to be in a space that I can do, not do it all, but just use all my gifts. Like, it's like, I I felt like almost, which sounds funny because of how overworked I was at the time, I felt underutilized. It was like, but there's so much in me that's not being used right now. And it's like creative gifts, but it's also like leadership gifts. And it's these things that I'm like, not always able to use. And then a really big thing was that I, um, that creative retreat was kind of born out of a desire to create that for more people. It's like, what would it look like for other people to do this for themselves? Like everyone needs this. Everyone needs a summer like this. Um, everyone needs community like this. They need it year round. They don't need it just in the summer. Um, so like, what would it look like to collaborate next to other creatives and how can, how can I help create space for other people to be like 
be able to do what I'm doing right now. You know, I felt like it was a luxury, even though it was exhausting. It was a luxury that a lot of my friends don't have, right? Like they're like nine to five life. That's not ever just nine to five. Mm -hmm. It's just, it doesn't allow them the space to do that. It doesn't allow them the space to that self-discovery, right? Like what do I actually want? Um, I just want that for more people. Yeah, I totally feel that. And it's like, once you figure it out or that you're working on it, and you, I feel like this moral obligation to share it. Like, hey, hey, wait, there's another way to do this. I like, feel like I'm waving strangers down on the street. Like, dude, I found a better way. Follow me. Yeah. I don't even know where I'm going yet, but I know I'm on to something. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how, but I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing or this is where Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be going. And it's just cool to think that now you've created this. And Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I feel like it's like ever evolving. And I feel like it's like I'm in this season right now where it's kind of all coming to a head, right? You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm kind of seeing this a little bit more. So, um, I would say, so a couple of years ago, a really big thing that prompted the, like, I want to do more than just hair was that um, one of my like, dear friends, Rachel Owen, I just mentioned her, she is a photographer. and But prior to that, you know, she was in an office and she was nine to five and she was doing photography on the side. And um, she tells this story a lot. And I always think it's so funny because it was just this small moment, but we were in small group together and um, she was just, you know, speaking about her dreams and wanting to like photograph more and do more and everything. And I, you know, we had gotten like donuts and coffee a couple of times together, but we didn't like it. We weren't together all the time. Um, but I just walked up to her after and I said, like, how can I help? Like, what can I help you with? And she came and photographed me at the salon. She's like, I'm just going to photograph you. And I was like, okay. And, um, I felt so inspired and it wasn't like, it wasn't just because like, oh, look, I have this awesome like content to use at the end of it. It was just like seeing someone else create while I created was like a game changer and seeing her eyes light up as like my eyes lit up. And it was just this moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like you would never think photographer and hairstylist, but look at this. Like this is magic. And it, it felt like that. It felt like like some sort of creative magic. Like I felt excited about the hair while she was excited about her camera and then she felt excited about the hair while I was excited about her camera. It was just this like collide of like, wait, like this is something like this like needs to be done more. So we, um, we started creating together. Um, we did a couple of styled shoots just for fun, like where, you know, I did the hair and... Oh, I've been following Devin. Yeah. I'm like, how do I get involved? And in I'm like, I look at the two of them in that studio doing photos of each other, looking all just oh, natural and organic. Like I was like, I want in. Like I could, I could feel it, through, you know, because mm-hmm. you talk about it. You can like feel energy through social media. Mm-hmm. Like totally. I wanted a piece of whatever that was, mm. but not in like a, oh, I'm envious. Like I just, I could tell you guys were doing something cool. And I didn't quite understand it, but it was something to do with stories. And it just, it was just like, I'm right here, Devin, when you need me through my, on my side of the phone. But yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, what you're referring to is our Chicago story. So that was birthed out of that. So we basically, we did some like styled shoots for fun. Like we did like a bridal one, a dinner one, like things like that. And then I remember we were sitting at Farm Bar in Lakeview, great place. We were sitting there and we we were just like, well, how can we do more of this? Like, how can we create more side by side? And and I said, I was like, you 
to do your job, you have to do like, you do need to do some family sessions and some this and some that. And I'm, I'm sometimes going to do a brunette single process. Mm-hmm. I'm like it's going to happen and it's not going to be my most inspiring part of my whole week. And it, it will be important because those people, both of those people's stories are important. Right. Um, but I was like, but how can we stay inspired? throughout this. And I was like, what if we did, so we had talked about doing like a minimalist photo shoot where it was just like, you know, like neutral colors, white Mm. wall. And um, and then I was like, but what if we did it um, like more than that? Like, I think, yeah, it was the next day I texted her. I was like, we could do more than that. We could tell their story. Like, what would it look like to take their photos? And and we, they're just talking about life. Well, we take their photo or you take their photo and I style their hair. And then afterwards it's a written interview. And then I was like, because I, I always like go really big with the goals then. And I'm like, and we can do it quarterly and just keep sharing it. And it will be like forever inspiration. And it was just this really big thing. And we didn't even really know what it meant, but we planned it for the next month. And we were like, okay, let's do it. And we did, we did 11 or I think it was 10, 10 parts of our Chicago stories. And it's in a limbo right now. Of we, we, I don't really know what it's going to be quite yet. Um, she just moved to Kansas City, so it's kind of in my court. So it, it would be all me, and I, I desire to do it, but I desire to honor that decision, and I also just want to like honor who she was in that. So I'm kind of taking a little break and just sharing what we have. But it just it was these afternoons, like it was a Sunday afternoon, it was three hours, it was anywhere from four to ten people, and they just stood on that white wall and they like told her their story, and it was prompted by a question and. There was something about it. It was therapeutic. Like you heard their stories and you felt not alone and you knew that story would affect someone else when you shared it. But also like it was therapy for them. It was like, look, like here's a space. Like it's okay. Like there were tears. Like it was, there was laughter. There was seriousness. There was like, I'm uncomfortable right now in front of this camera. It's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a really, really special part of it actually like at the core of what was so special about it looking back is that Rachel and I did it for one another at the start of everyone. So quarterly, it was just like, oh my gosh, like what just happened in the last three months? And more happens in three months than you realize. Yeah. Like so much happens. And so we have this like really special documentation of both of our lives for a couple of years that you're just like, I see these photos and from the first first session to like the fifth one, by the fifth one, I was like crying in front of everyone. Like every every time she would take my photo, I'd end up like teary-eyed. And then like by the last one, I was like, you know, like smiling and happy. And like we had no idea it was going to be the last one at the time. And so, or last one for now at least. Um, so yeah, it just became this like beautiful thing and out of that birth, even more like, oh, I just want this for more people. And we can't photograph everyone. So like, what does it look like to do that for more people? Um, And so Rachel along the way was teaching me photography. Um, And just in a way where it was like, well, someone needed to take her picture when we did this. So I took it. And um, I was interested in it. Like, I loved it. Like, photos always inspired me. I, like, always had a little, like, digital camera when I was younger. I would take, like, so many pictures when I went anywhere. And then once, like, I had an iPhone and I could take pictures then. I like, you know, take pictures of the water or a wall and people are like, I don't know what that is, but I'm like, but look at it. It's beautiful. Um, And I learned so much of that from Rachel, honestly. Like she, she's been such a mentor and friend to me. She just, she sees the world in this way that's just beautiful. It's just poetic and um, nuanced and detailed. And so she just kind of taught me how to see that through a camera. Um, 
And so really I just second shot for her, I guess you would say, on style shoots. Mm -hmm. I did one wedding with her. It was in Florida. I did the hair that morning. It felt like the dream. I was like, I did hair and I second shot a wedding and it was all of it colliding. Um, But then back in September, her and I were doing like an we'll call it a collaboration afternoon where she's also a florist. And so we did like flower design that like she taught me it. And then she um, sat me down and was like, as I was trying to take pictures with my camera that like wasn't that good. She's like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm giving you my camera, like my backup. I need a new one anyways eventually. So I want you to keep shooting. I don't want you to stop when I leave. And someone did this for me and that's how I started. Um, And that was honestly, I mean, that was in October or November like of this year, this past year. And I was like, okay, great. I need to honor that gift and use it. And so I just started shooting my friends for fun. And then I got hired with people and I was like, oh, I can do this. And it's been so therapeutic. It's like, I always said that something that was missing out of the creative process of hair is being alone. Yeah. Like we're just with people the whole time. Um, and I was like, what would it look like if I could just have some space to create without a person telling me their whole life the whole time or asking me every question about my life? Like I just want to create with like some music on or like in silence. Um, and that's what that does. It gives me like an hour or two with a person or a couple or a family. And then I can just go home and I can create. It's lighter. It is. Like even like you took my photos today before we did this and I feel like there's something about your art that you're doing that I want to respect in a way that I don't always feel people do as far as hair goes. Yeah. So like with you, like I was like asking you a question like, how was the marathon? But then I also was kind of like, oh, I don't want to like overstep because I know you're getting your camera ready. And with hair, I feel like we're, we're, we're just so used to doing it and people are so used to seeing us in that capacity that uh-huh. there is this there is this thing that happens where I feel like there isn't much of a separation. Whereas I felt like when you were doing my photos, I can't really go deep with you because I got to be, I got to be looking hot. (laughs) And then you, you have to be like in your zone. And there was just like some sort of like cleaner separation in Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's what podcasting has done for me because Mm. I like that I can be creating and being creative, but it's very, it's very much an alone sport, if you will. Yes. Because I, after I do the, the actual interview, like I spend all the time editing it and doing all mm-hmm. that by myself. And it's very, very peaceful. And it's kind of like kind of connect with myself. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it. It's just, it is. It's therapeutic, right? It's like, it's you get to, um, so with hair, you consult with someone and then like you mix your color and then you like shampoo and then you're doing this and then you're talking and then you're like, great, hair looks great. How do you feel? Great. Awesome. Great. And then you like maybe take some pictures and then you're like, okay, have a great day. Um, but with photography or like with podcasts, it's like you spend the time, but then like the real time is later. It's like you get to look at your art over and over and over again and you get to like finesse it, you know, you get to like make it what you want it. Um, and I guess you are doing that with hair, but it's a quicker process. Yeah. And there's not as much reflecting time. It's, it, you know, you're not in reflection with it. Whereas I feel like with these other kind of mediums, if you will, you're able to sit with it, kind of pull what you want from it. Sometimes with hair, it's happening to me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 
always for me, but also to me. And and when it when it comes to like like probably photography and for sure for me like with the editing, it's like oh I can leave it, I can come back to it, mm-hmm. like and I kind of don't get frustrated because I can always leave it and, and it's there and I can come back to it. Whereas mm-hmm. with hair, I don't feel like I have that same gift, if you will, yeah. of like taking a minute from it. Sometimes people swallow me up. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I just say that? Like, how, <laughs> how did I, I committed to being here on my sister's due date when oh. I'm supposed to be watching her kid? Like, you know, how does this happen? And there's mm-hmm. something about it that you kind of get, can get swallowed up in it. And I feel like the nice thing is to be able to take a walk away and to, it's mm-hmm. harder. Um, would you say when it comes to all your different uh, passions and creativity, you know, different things that you're doing, would you say that the thing you love about all of them is is something similar? Like there's a through line through all of them? Mm-hmm. Or would you say that each of them pulls out that that gift you're saying, like different gifts, and that's what's beautiful about it? Kind of both. I think I, I definitely think that there is something that weaves in and out of everything. I think the biggest thing that I fills my heart up, like fills my cup up, is that I'm giving people space. Um, I think that they're different forms of space. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, when someone's in my chair, I always say that something like you could like take out the hair part of it and th- there's just like something sacred about the chair. It's just this space for people and it could be the only time that quarter that they um, feel heard or feel seen Um or feel like safe, um, like their, their emotions are safe. Um, I'm not someone, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not in their people. I'm not gonna, there's no fear of me sharing it with someone. Like it's just theirs and mine. And, and it's through a mirror and there's like something safe about that where it's like, you don't have to even look me in the eye. Just like you can talk to me, um, or just space to feel beautiful, you know, just space to feel beautiful and, I my hope is that my clients realize like when they leave that it like it's not the hair like I didn't make you beautiful like you walked in beautiful and I hope that you realized you were once you were here um but I I try and stray away from they're like oh thank goodness I look great now my hair is done and it's like oh no like you no you looked great I like I mean I loved how you looked when you got here and did you need your roots done absolutely did you need a haircut yes but like that doesn't define you um and so that's that and then with the photo stuff like I just a really big thing is I witnessed Rachel like create space for me when she would photograph me um I it was space to feel seen like actually seen like through a camera lens scene and um you know there's something special about looking back on photos that someone's taken of you um and being like oh like that looks like me like that looks like what people see when they look at me um and I think that there's a way that photos can be done where you don't feel that way at all um so I think that there's like an I think there's an art to that it's like how do you create space for someone to just be them and then even like um like with social media stuff. Okay. Like, so, cause I, I mentioned I'm the social media coordinator for two salons. And so that can be so, it can be superficial, right? It can be just like a highlight reel. Um, and when I do it for salons, it, I mean, it, it's, it is, it's more focused on hair. Um, should there be an underlining, like underlying, like, this is what I care about. Yeah. So like, that's a way of like, 
people feeling seen, but also what I've realized is like, do you know how important those clients feel when they get to be seen on the Instagram? They're like, oh my gosh, my hair was good enough to be on the Instagram. And it's just this like little moment of fame for them that they're like, ah, that's so cool. They're flattered. And like, they're being seen as more than just like the everyday them. And so I think that's like another form of being seen, right? Um, And just like having that kind of space. And then, um, the I mean, the main way that I really feel passionate about like creating space for people is I have mentioned on my Instagram a lot lately is that like I'm creating with a team of people, something called Kobe. And there's a lot, we could go into a deep hole of all of the thoughts that I have about it because it's so complex in my mind why I want it to exist. But essentially, um, the, at the heart of it is that we want to create a co-being space for people to work, rest, and play in. Um, we want people to not just co-work next to each other, but we want people to co-be. We want people to know one another, to have community, um, to like play, yeah, like listen to music, have a coffee together, like go to a workshop, learn, um, but also like have self-discovery. We want people to have that summer that I had, like where you like figure out who you are. Um, and I think that's like a broader way of like me being able to create space for people outside of my industry, which is something that I just feel like really passionate about. Like I don't just want it to be only like by definition creatives like because I I believe like everyone's a creative I think that it's like a lie to say you're not a creative everyone is everyone's creating every day so like I just believe that everyone should start to define themselves as a creative because I think that there's like a type of respect in that yeah well I like the idea that everyone's creative because I heard on a podcast recently that everyone is funny and I really do (laughs) think everyone's funny some people are funny and like a holy shit, she doesn't know she's funny right now. And then I'm laughing at you, with you, all of it. Uh But I I do agree with that. It's like, if you realize that there is creativity everywhere, there's creativity Mm -hmm. in how you connect with people, there's creativity in how you do your job, whatever your job is, how you connect with your family. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a long time, I always liked to, even behind the chair before I knew I was you had other interests or really allowed myself to, Mm -hmm. I would always have fun seeing how far I could push a conversation. That's become less of an interest of mine because people will take it far. But (laughs) I feel like it was like fun for me to be like, can I get away with this? I remember turning on back that ass up in the salon one time (laughs) and that did get turned off. Um, But it's just like fun to see how far you can put, like there's creativity in all of it Mm -hmm. and realizing that like, it's not like if, if you realize that you get to make your life whatever you want it to be. Yeah, there's some guidelines and yeah Mm -hmm. there's things that you have to do but that you actually get to like create it like I didn't think I realized that for a long time Mm -hmm. and there's so much creativity in that well I'm really excited to just follow your journey Mm -hmm. and to be a part of it and uh, if you were going to leave people with you know kind of the last few years the way that you've you know had your life kind of ebb and flow and kind of find your way through all these different jobs like what would you say was like the biggest takeaway in that whole season and where you are today like maybe something that didn't go right or maybe there was a moment where you're like right there that was a defining moment but is there something that you'd like to leave people with of encouragement or something that really sticks out to you I learned that the moment that I started caring for myself and treating myself 
how I would treat someone else or how I would treat a friend um, or like, you know, the self-talk stuff, like starting to like talk to myself, how I would talk to a best friend or my niece or um, a family member, like just like someone who I care deeply about. Um, So I remember training for a marathon and realizing I was talking to myself like awfully. And uh, my roommate was training for her first marathon. And I was like, why can't I talk to myself like I talked to Hillary? Like, why do I talk to myself this way? I would never say that to Hillary. Never would I encourage her in that way with like negative self-talk. So I think just the moment that I started realizing that I deserved that just as much, um, the moment that I started investing in myself, the moment I started knowing that my money going to therapy and going to acupuncture and going to my morning coffee and going to a new journal that I loved, it was worth it. It was just, that changed everything because you you just can't do life if you don't like care for yourself. Like you can't love and care for anyone else until you can do that for yourself, right? And And it's a journey that looks different in every season. And so that has looked totally different from season to season, but I would say just in the last like couple of years and really just the last year have I really chosen myself over other people and not in a selfish way, just in a respect way. Like I want to respect myself enough to choose myself so that I can choose others. I feel like I'm like misty eyed over here. I'm like, Devin, that's what I've been doing. Um, But yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that so much. And yeah, like the, we can't, we can't choose anyone else if we don't choose ourselves. And I feel like we do get kind of reinforced by society sometimes, like good for you for working on your vacation or good for you for always putting everyone else first. And I think I kind of got high off my own supply on that for Mm -hmm. a long time being like, you're right. I always show up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so good. But I wasn't being good to me. And I love that so much. So I really, that really just like I don't even, I feel like I just want to drop my microphone because that is so just, I don't have anything to add to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Devin underscore Sutter. Devin with an I, not with an O. Some people spell that wrong. I love your name. Well, Devin, thank you so much. And if you're at hair camp, look for us counselors because we're going to be there. And I'm going to have a lot more flair this year. Maybe even a Girl Scout shirt of some kind. I don't know. I haven't gotten it yet, but yeah. we'll see. we need to dress up for the dance party this year. Yeah. No, I'm going to be that. bringing, bringing yeah. my A game. Yeah. Me too. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having yes. me. Yes.